I, I just want to give you a simple thought that's on my heart. It comes out of my own personal situation. And I promise to be brief this morning. Don't, don't get nervous. But I want you to, within your own heart, not out loud, I want you to finish a statement for me. Not out loud, just, just inwardly. Because I'm going to give you half of a verse, and I want you to finish it in your own heart. Here's the statement, speaking to the Lord. In your faithfulness, you have... So just think. In your faithfulness, you have... Now you finish it. What is it that you would whisper to the Lord this morning to finish out that statement? What should, what should go there, the last half of that statement for you? What has God done for you out of His faithfulness? Some might say, you know, Dan, God, God is, in His faithfulness, He's answered my prayer. He's, uh, in His faithfulness, He's healed my body. He's, he's delivered me. He's spoken to me. He's provided for me. In His faithfulness, He's given guidance and direction. What would you put there at the last part of, of that statement. In your faithfulness, you have... And so now that maybe you have something affixed in your mind, let me just mess it up for you really bad, okay? <laughs> I want you to look with me at Psalm 119, longest chapter in the Bible. And what I'm going to show you may annoy some of you, make some of you mad, but it's still the truth. Because for many of us here today, it's going to be it's going to challenge us. It's going to challenge what we think we know of God or, or, or at least challenge what we perceive Him to be or want Him to be for us. If you are a person who is engaged in Christianity only for the blessings, if you are of the persuasion that God's primary concern is for your happiness over your holiness, then I, I want to go ahead and promise you, you're not going to like this at all, but I've got to tell you the truth. I want to read you the verse. And after I read it, I'm going to tell you why it has captured my attention over the last few months, and hopefully it will begin to make some sense. This verse comes from the psalmist, and it, tends to, um, it will tend to fly in the face of what many people believe about God. It certainly flies in the face of that which we, we think He's supposed to be doing for us. Nonetheless, it's in the Bible, and we can't ignore it. We're going to see how David would have finished that statement that I just put before you. If he were sitting in the audience today... I'm reading from Psalm 119. I'm going to read just one verse, verse 75. I know, O Lord, that your judgments are right, and that in your faithfulness you have afflicted me. Really? That's in the Bible? Where's the blessing chapter? In your faithfulness. I, I, I thought God's purpose and plan was to just fix all my problems the way I wanted them fixed. I mean, isn't that why we pray? So that God will take care of our list? In your faithfulness, you have afflicted me. Let me personalize it. In the last, If you've been around here the last six months or so, then you know that out of the clear blue, and a surprise to me, I faced back surgery at the end of April. I encountered pain levels I did not know existed. I thought 10 was the highest, and, and then it went beyond there. 
And many of you know exactly what I'm talking about. When, you know, when you've blown past 10 on the pain level, then let me tell you, heaven sounds sweeter all the time. Lord Jesus, take me home, and now would be a, a great time for that to happen. And then the first part of July, my dear wife faced right rotator cuff surgery, and they had to reattach her bicep, and so she had, we were pretty pathetic all summer long. It was really sad around our house. If you had actually snuck in and heard the conversation, we were typically fussing over who was going to get the last hydrocodone was what a big part of it was over. <laughs> Give me that pill. I think I promised not to say that part, didn't I? <laughs> well, I'm delighted to tell you that by God's grace, we are both much better. Thank the Lord. He has provided healing grace, and though it's still a journey, according to the doctors, it's another nine or 12 months for one of us, um, but we're doing fine, and we thank the Lord for that. I'm sure that somewhere along the way, my Bible reading over the years, I had run across this scripture somewhere, sometime. But I got to tell you, it was not front and center on my radar for obvious reasons. This is probably not the verse you picked for your memory verse this week. <laughs> Lord, in your faithfulness, you have afflicted me. But I got to tell you, if I'm really honest with you today, it was somewhere around June or July when the pain was still intense and the body was trying to find enough strength and energy just to get through the day. In my time before the Lord, which was mostly me complaining, I just sensed, you know, how, how do you describe to somebody who doesn't know Jesus? How do, you, how do you talk about that inner knowing, that something that just comes over you? It's a flash in your mind. It's, it's an expression in your heart. It's something that is just there. And when you sense His presence, and I, if I, the best way I can say this is I just sense a compassionate knowing smile on the face of God to me. His help was not coming as fast as I wanted. And though I was still trying to do my best as your pastor, it was taking every ounce of strength and energy physically and emotionally that I could find. But trying to explain this sense that came over me, and, and, and you even have to be kind of careful who you're going to share with what you're really thinking because they're going to, you know, they're going to commit you to a facility someplace if, if they really think you're telling the truth. But here was the truth for me. Somewhere along through the summer, midst all that stuff, and I want to be quick to say, I know what Becky and I face pales into comparison to what many of you have faced and are facing. But in my journey, somewhere along the way, I just had this thought go through my head. This affliction is of the Lord. I only told about three or four people that I, I thought wouldn't commit me if I, if I told it. This affliction is of the Lord. And I finally began to realize that though I was looking for God's healing, God was looking for something else. And I thought to myself, how, okay, Dan, if you're thinking this and it just keeps coming to you, how do I defend that idea biblically so that people won't just think I've gone off the deep end? So, you know, I would justify it. I would think about, you know, Paul's thorn in the flesh and, okay, that, that helps justify it a bit. And then, rather accidentally, I ran across this verse in Psalm 119. In your faithfulness, you have afflicted me. So if you really absorb that verse, 
If you really look at it for what it is, you meditated on it, on it for any period of time at all, at some point in during that, there's this glaring question that has to come into place, and that is this, why? Why would you, why, why? Why would you do that? In your faithfulness, I mean, here's the thing, what you're really saying, let me kind of take the same verse and put it in other ways that kind of impact us differently. In your faithfulness, you've allowed stuff to happen to me. In your faithfulness, you have let things get difficult for me. In your faithfulness, you didn't stop my painful situation. In your faithfulness. But church, here's what we know to be true. God promises us a safe landing, but the journey will have turbulence along the way. How many know that's true? You'll get there. You'll get to the other side. But there will be storms in your path. A pastor friend of mine tells one of his elderly members, a man who was more than 90 years of age, the elderly gentleman had been serving the Lord since he was about 10 years old, so literally eight decades, 80 years plus of serving Jesus. And that saint of God told his pastor, he said, you know, pastor, I've been serving the Lord so long now that I can barely tell the difference between a blessing and a trial. Can I just tell you I'm not there yet? <laughs> I have no problem identifying the difference between a blessing and a trial. And I would never say that. But here's what I do have to recognize, church. Listen to me very carefully. Maturity in God demands that we reach greater depths of understanding about God's faithfulness. A surface, casual look at God's faithfulness will not suffice for the full journey of your life. Thank God that we can say He's faithful, and when we mean He's faithful to save, He's faithful to deliver, He's faithful to heal, He's faithful to provide. Thank God that's all true, and yes, and we, we testify to that all the time. But I'm just here to tell you this morning, there is another dimension. There is another level, which a believer, another, another level to which a believer has arrived when they can say, in your faithfulness, you have afflicted me. When in those afflictions, he's setting me aside for a season to draw me closer to him. When in those afflictions... He's protecting me from something far worse that only he can see because his thoughts and ways are higher than ours. When in those afflictions, he's creating greater health in me which will serve me for my ultimate good even if that affliction is momentarily inconvenient or uncomfortable. There's no finer example of what I'm trying to communicate to you this morning than the testimonies we hear right here in our own fellowship from time to time that go something like this. There have been many of them. There's always variations to the theme, but they basically go like this. Pastor, I had this annoying ache or pain in my body, and I put up with it for a while, and finally my spouse said, get to the doctor, so I finally got tired of putting up with it. I went to the doctor. Well, they fixed that one little annoying affliction, but guess what? In the process of testing and all, they discovered that I have a tumor or something far worse that they never would have discovered had I not gone in for that affliction. 
And had the major problem gone undetected, it would have killed me. Haven't we heard that time and time again? There's only one thing to say about that church. In your faithfulness, you have afflicted me. William S. Plumer was an American clergyman, theologian, and author who was recognized as an intellectual leader of the Presbyterian Church in the 1800s. When addressing this verse that I'm bringing to your attention this morning from the Psalms, Mr. Plumer said this, When a father disowns and banishes a child, he corrects him no more. So God may let one whom he intends to destroy go unchastened, but never one with whom he is in covenant. It's out of his love and compassion for your ultimate good that the sovereign, omniscient God, the one who knows all, the God of the universe, who is faithful, would allow affliction to come upon you. And I know, Bethesda, it's hard to even say this out loud, but in your pain, in your discomfort, in your trial, in your circumstances, whatever they may be, God is still being faithful to you. Even though most of us would say, He's being faithful when He delivers me out of those circumstances. You may be here this morning and saying, with whatever it is you're facing, where is God? How could this happen? What's going, what's going on? These are not the seeds that I have sown. This should not be the harvest that I'm reaping. When what we should be saying, even in the midst of all that is, you are faithful, O oh God. Because God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, allows you to move on, church, to the next level of understanding the true depth of His faithfulness. There's a question that sometimes emerges to us. You hear it, I hear it, you hear it on TV. The question never seems to go very far away, and it's this. How come... Bad things happen to good people. Have you ever heard that question? How come bad things happen to good people? Well, I've heard it put this way. That only happened once, and he volunteered to die. Amen. Testing and affliction. Listen to me this morning. Testing and affliction. David, through what we see in this psalm this morning, David saw it as faithfulness. When you and I run into problems, we assume it's from the devil. We start casting everything out, right? We're more prone to say, Satan, I bind you in the name of Jesus. Instead of saying, God, you are faithful. How about the next time you're tempted to bind everything there is to bind around you? Instead of doing that, I'm not saying that's wrong. Why don't you allow that to flip in your mind and say, God, you are faithful. So let's do a little exercise this morning. It's a silent exercise again. <laughs> Not out loud. Think about what you're going through right now in this season of life. I want you to finish this sentence. God, I'm going, you know I'm going through. Don't say it out loud. Right now. Do it right now in your mind. God, I'm going through. In fact, say that part with me out loud. God, I'm... and then in your mind, you've got the rest of it. Now, 
How many of you can choke out these words? And God, you are faithful. With that in mind, God, you were faithful. It was Corey Ten Boom in The Hiding Place, many of you have read that many times, who told the story about Betsy, her sister. When they were in Ravensbrück in the barracks of the concentration camp, they were extremely overcrowded and flea infested. When they were reading the scriptures one morning, Corey wasn't even a Christian at that point. But 1 Thessalonians reminded them to rejoice always, to pray constantly, and in everything to give God thanks. And Betsy told Corey to stop and thank the Lord for every detail. Corey Ten Boom, that, that woman who was a great godly woman, at this point still not really a Christian, she flatly refused. She said, I will not thank God for fleas. Not going to do it. And months were spent in the camp. Just before the Allied forces came in, they were surprised to find why they could hold their Bible studies and why the Nazis weren't coming in to take them away to the gas chambers when all of the other ladies were being taken away. And they came to find out toward the end of the war, it was because none of the Nazi soldiers wanted to go into the flea-infested barracks. So therefore, the ladies were left unharmed. Nothing was bothered them at all. And in God's faithfulness, church, sometimes you got to put up with the fleas. In your faithfulness, you have afflicted me. How can David give us this verse? Why would David give us this verse? A quick glance at verse 71 of that same chapter. It is good for me that I have been afflicted. It is good for me that I have been afflicted. How come? That I might learn your statutes. Why is it good to be afflicted? It is good to be afflicted because it will force you to lean on the Word of God like you never have before in your life. And to be able to say, Lord, I've learned to trust your word even in the toughest times. Your word came alive in me in my moments of affliction. Because church, you don't know how strong the chain is until you put pressure on that chain. You don't know that the boat can float until you put it in the water. You don't know how strong something is until you put resistance against it. And you don't know how strong your Christianity is until you get yourself in one big battle. If you read the biography of one of the greatest preachers, Charles Spurgeon, you'll read the story of him walking into a room where a woman was part of his fellowship. She literally only had days left to live. She was still conscious, but only days left to live. And the pastor was there to visit her. Lying next to her on the, on the nightstand was her Bible as she was speaking with her pastor, Charles Spurgeon. And her Bible was all marked up and, and, and what he noticed as he picked up the Bible, next to hundreds of verses were the letters T and P. T and P. And the pastor would look at one page and see all of these verses with a, a T marked by it and, and then a, a P. And he saw all that. He flipped to the next page. Here's more verses with T and P. This lady who's near death's door, she's looking at him as he looks at, at this Bible. And finally, page after page was marked like that. He finally said to the woman, what is this? What, what is T and P? And she said, oh, pastor, for every one of those verses, T means tried and P stands for proven. 
Every verse that you see marked like that, it means I tried it. And when there's a P, it means God proved himself to be faithful time and time and time again. And the final verse to which she was about to put T and P in front of was this one. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Tried and proven. Church, you learn through your trials just how incredible your God is. That verse 71 says, It is good for me that I have been afflicted. Why? That I might learn your statutes. Verse 67, and I'm almost done. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I keep your word. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I keep your word. Shouldn't that read, um, while I was afflicted, I went astray? But he says, before I was afflicted, before I was stricken, before I was wounded, I went astray, but now I keep your word. I not only get to see the word work in my toughest situation, verse 71, but verse 67 says, before I was afflicted, I went astray. What they tell us is this. Do you know that storms strengthen the roots of trees? The more it blows, the deeper and stronger roots become. The roots grow deep when the winds are strong. And we've all heard it said, sometimes the Lord calms the storms, and sometimes he allows the storm to rage, and he calms the child in the storm. How many know that's what that's all about? Because he wants those roots to go deep. God wants you to be rooted and grounded. And the roots, the good roots happen in the bad times, in the difficult times. Arthur, come and help me if you would, please. Jeremiah says this, chapter 17, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, for you old timers, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Your hardest season is not going to uproot you. No, no, no. Your hardest season is causing your roots to grow deeper and stronger than ever, ever, ever before. That's why these lyrics mean so much to me. I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions about tomorrow. There have been, been times I didn't know right from wrong. But in every situation, God gave blessed consolation that my trials come to only make me strong. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, afflictions, trials, difficulties, through it all, I've learned to depend upon His Word. In your faithfulness, you have afflicted me. Stand with me, please.